guys, welcome to Two Girls and Some Thoughts. Ebeth and Annie are coming at you again with another awesome episode. We think it's awesome. It's going to be great. And so do the listeners that have talked to you. Yes. We at love all of face. our listeners. At least everyone to our face is saying it's great. That's always what the exact survey would be if we were to ask people not to our face. <laughs> so what do you about the think about the show when you're not facing me? So what do you tell your friends about the show? What do you think about the show when you're by yourself at doing what listening? What are you drinking in there? It looks delicious. A little iced coffee. Yeah. I uh, I gave myself a barista pour of heavy cream this morning. Do you ever go? I don't think you get cream in your coffee. No, I'm lactose. You're, yeah. So when I go, I'm like, just like just a little bit of cream. Just like a little. Because I don't really like half and half. It leaves a weird like, film in my mouth. So I like heavy whipping cream. But when I ask them for a little bit of cream, they go like yeah. the, like a full turn, like a full over, up and over, like 180. Like coffee with my cream. Exactly. So this is my, like, I've been adding coffee to it throughout the day, iced coffee. But it was, I told Tyler, I'm like, I put too much cream. He's like, just like every barista you've ever gotten coffee from. I'm like, hey, nothing against baristas. Thanks for being generous with the cream. But I like mine to be like, you know. More coffee than cream? Yeah, like tan. I don't want it to be like, you know. White. Caucasian. Yeah. I would like... <laughs> I would like a non-Caucasian coffee. Thank you. I would like a mixed something. I would like some sort of ethnicity to my coffee. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Uh, yes. Like, it's got a little sun, you know? So, that's yeah, it's, hopefully that's not too... How you feeling? Good. God damn it. Seven weeks. <sighs> I know. Man, two tomorrow. I know, you guys. It's going to be... So, it'll be two years and six weeks apart. That's, oh, that's like a perfect I age, Everybody yeah. tells that lie right to my face every time I tell them how far apart my kids are. I mean, there is no perfect. We'll see how it goes. He's kind of getting into more of a, uh, I don't know, he's turning into a little tyrant. Is we he? got like four incident reports from daycare <gasps> today. Biting? I, biting. Yep. Swiping. Um, swiping. Swiping, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Exactly. Yeah, swiper, no swiping. We need to start working on some um, door of the export. Uh, the other thing... When he talked to his pediatrician, he when he's done with his food, and they're like, okay, you've already had seconds, and he still wants more because my son is a tank, he will climb up on the table and try to steal somebody else's food. That's what he got in trouble for today. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be one of my kids. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like, you know, he's, he's never going to go hungry, but we should probably talk to the pediatrician to find out how many calories a two-year-old should be taking in and why is he so goddamn hungry all the time. What's growing? You guys are giants. I know. We are giants. It's true. Tall. Tall giants, not not wide. Thin giants. You guys are mean and athletic giants. <laughs> we are the beanstalk. We are not the uh, jolly green giant. No, no. no. Uh, yeah, so I was just, I've been having kind of a hectic morning and then I got like incident report after incident report on my app and I'm just like, you know what, kid? You're driving mom crazy. <sighs> and I can't do anything about it because you're all the way at daycare. But Hopefully if that, that we have one good one and then one incident reporter. Yeah. Well, and it's probably going to be that way. One's going to be like, this guy, I'm, he'll be like apologizing for his brother. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, sorry, my brother is such a jerk all the time. Jackson will be apologizing yes. for Connor. For Connor, sure. get, your, get your life together, Connor. He just will be more of the guy like, oh, I didn't even know. Like this morning he was trying to crawl out of his bouncy chair. And I'm trying to feed them. They're obsessed with the dog now. So the dog comes in right as they're like in a good rhythm of eating. Yeah. And any mother of twins out there knows if you get a good rhythm of feeding with both of them at the same time and you don't need to hold the bottle and they're like chowing, you're like, woo, it's like heavenly. Yes. And I actually could like grab my phone and look at an email or something because I'm sitting right in front of them. Weird. Rambo comes in. 
messes up the whole operation. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about you. I was like, get your out of here. Like, yes. I was so angry. But poor guy, I just wanted to sit on a chair. Brother What's just happening? wanted a chair. What's happening? What's happening? Uh, the picture, whatever, I think it was Chris's actual. Yes. The boys in their striped little body suits <laughs> on the couch. Uh, they look like little we only ever see them either on like tummy time in the blue like dumbo yeah. chairs or um in the like feeding position so like yeah. seeing them on the couch just like little men in their little stripy outfits they, they just funny? looked huge like it's yeah they're my giants it's now. wild to think seven months i mean it's i know it really like it kind of floored my brain a little bit even more like than like their six month which seems like a bigger milestone but seven months they just looked like they were just People What's going there. on? We're hanging out. This yep. is our couch. This is where we live. They mm -hmm. were just very... For sure. Ugh. You should have seen them. We got them baptized on Saturday and they had little suits on. They look like kindergarten graduation. Oh my it gosh. hilarious. So Dressing little babies up like little ladies little and little gentlemen. gentlemen. Oh. So fun. So fun. So I was training a client yesterday and we were chatting. And I always like to train because you get different perspectives and people come up with conversations that they have with friends and anyway she's a part of this women's group that meets once a month and just like a group of women that want to empower each other and get to know more women than in the mm -hmm. community they'll invite them in and she was saying that one of her friends was taking a class at Yale an online class a psychology class and one of the questions that she asked which I was loving was what is one something you thought would make you happy, but when you, but when you got it, it didn't. And you know how those questions that you get sometimes in life, you're like, that's a great question. And I've asked two people since this, and they're like, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. You don't really think about stuff like that often. I don't. And so she asked me. And at first, I couldn't really think of anything. And then I thought, well, probably, like... I wanted a car, or I wanted like a, I remember when Chris and I first got married, I wanted a Beamer, and I got it, and it was fun, but it, then it just turned into any other car like the rest. Mm -hmm. It's still fun, I still yeah. liked it, but it didn't make me any happier, because I had it. And then, I had to be honest, I think getting married, I thought when Chris made a certain amount of income, I'd be happier with him. But I also think in the beginning, and this is in the beginning of a marriage, I wasn't happy with myself, Right. So I was trying to make him fill a void within me. There was nothing really he did. And then the last one was, we lived in apartments a lot, and I think I thought when I'd have a big house, or I'd have a house. None of which anything made me happier. <laughs> None of it worked. <laughs> None of it worked. Well, a lot of times I think you're in the house. I remember with the gym and the first day, and you've been with us since the start of our gym ownership. I We missed the good old days. Like, we missed those days when nobody knew what anything was mm -hmm. and including us some days mm -hmm. and you don't know how hard this is going to be and you know it's just this little little teeny space that Chris would walk around with Vibrams in the neighborhood so get people's attention if anybody doesn't remember there was those ugly five finger shoes <laughs> yeah just all the crazy stuff you would try to get people intrigued and inspired and you miss it sometimes or like I miss like, uh, being able to, like, go out and drink until midnight and not being like, well, it's 9.30, I should shut it down a little. Time to, time to go night-night. Shut it down. Anna needs to go night-night. Yeah. It's 9.30. <laughs> so sometimes I think the authenticity of 
times in your life we take for granted and because we're so focused on things that we think are going to make us happy mm-hmm. when we get there it's not happy and I think sometimes that can lead to more emptiness mm-hmm. the the um, the things that you're kind of citing end up kind of sounding like status symbols. Like, when I get a Beamer, mm-hmm. then I will be happier. When I get my own house, then I will be 100%. happy. It's like achieving these kind of status or level statuses where you feel like... It's like an if-then statement. If I have a house, then I will be successful to own the house. Thus, that will yes. mean I have made it. Or, like, that's kind of like your benchmark. If I can afford a Beamer, then I will be... That kind of thing. Exactly. So... And uh, for me, the the first thing when I read this, I immediately thought of myself when I was 24, 25. I had been dating somebody for a very long time, and I so badly, I so badly just wanted to marry him, and I just wanted him to love me the way that I loved him. And uh, I would say it's my first like jump off a cliff, yeah, um, not looking, not even thinking about yeah. what you're doing, and you just end up in Impulsive, love at the end yeah. of it. Yeah, just like I, I went into that relationship just full heart open, just let's fall in love right now, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So uh, we had been together for four years or something like that, and it still every time we had a conversation about our future, we just weren't on the same path forever. And eventually, I just got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna stop trying to make this into something that it's not. Yeah. And we broke up. We went our separate ways. And six months or so after that, we ended up running into each other um, out on the town. And I was with somebody else on a date, not dating, not in a committed relationship with them or anything. And I think it, I think he saw it from a different angle and he tried to, um, you know, have the conversation about, you know, the thing that we make, we've all done something similar to this of like, I will do anything that you ask. I will do this. I will move wherever you are. I will, we'll get married. I want to do all these things. And it's, it's amazing what a difference in six months would make. Cause I, I had such tunnel vision for this thing that I thought I wanted so bad. And then six months after I stopped wanting it, I really didn't want it anymore. And I, not that I still didn't want it from him, but just, I knew the terms with which he was offering mm-hmm. it were not going to be long-term. Yeah, they were just, process. yes. And it, not that it's not saying that he was desperate. I think he just thought these were the fixes to our relationship when our, we had a lot more, I had a lot more issues to work on. I, I've seen him a couple of times since then. I think he's doing well. Um, but I, I think we just were never going to make it. And thinking that those little things that we were going to fix, like living in the same town or doing the same things or getting married, those weren't going to fix our relationship. That was just mm-hmm. different, very different things. So that's the first thing I thought of because I remember thinking, wow, for how bad I thought I wanted a life with that person six months afterwards, I was like, you know what? I really don't think I want any of this you know anymore. What? So, and it's one of those things that's kind of stuck with me for maybe a long time. I really try to assess why do I want something. Like we were just talking before we got started today. It's like when you're at Target or maybe somewhere more expensive than Target, you're like, oh my gosh, I want that so bad. Yeah. But then if you go home and you sleep on it and you wake up the next day, do you still, oh my gosh, want it? Or do you just like, oh, I probably don't need that. Yeah, totally. The moment that you're in, the if you're in that situation, if you're in that moment, desire and the need for wanting something. Because if I mean, would you rather part with a thousand dollars, or would you rather keep your thousand dollars and not have the thing that you think you just immediately wanted? We've talked about that before, way long time ago, about um, like the 
active impulse buying and impulsively yeah. selecting things that you want in your life, like your goals or something yeah. like that. I remember that was like one of my first epiphanies on our podcast where we came up with the idea of like impulse buying your goals or your dreams or whatever. You're like, all of a sudden, I'm going to run a marathon and you decide in the matter of two minutes and now you're a marathon runner. It's like, well, why do you want to run marathons? Well, I haven't really thought about it. I just decided. It's like, well, maybe we should think about this a little longer. I was listening to a Mel Robbins podcast today and she said 95% of our decision making is based off emotion. And I think that has to do a lot with this, too. Like, we're constantly in this emotional state of trying to find happiness mm-hmm. instead of just being happy today. So I was speaking with a friend who had her whole basement flooded. We got a lot of rain for the oh. listeners that don't live here or that do, then you remember, in April. And it flooded their whole entire basement. And it came through their windowsill or their um, slider. And so it wasn't covered by insurance. It had to be, like, just a mess, Oh, right? my gosh. Kids had to be moved from downstairs. They all were living in one, you know, two, three bedrooms upstairs. And she goes, you know what I realized from the whole situation? And I cut her off. I go, how much shit you had that you didn't need? And she goes, exactly. Things do not make you happy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why you find some of the happiest people without anything. And we're so, I would say, uneducated to study why it is that they're happy. Mm-hmm. We just assume, well, like, because they don't have cars and they piss in dirt and, you know, but there's a community there and they all support each other and they, they live with what they need. Yeah. And there was, like, an amazing, I wish I could remember, but they say, like, the average person in, like, third world countries has maybe, like, one or two outfits, you know, like. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not, not a closet. It's definitely not, like, mine, like, what do I do? I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. Okay, maybe I don't like this. I don't, it's really. Or you always feel the need, like, okay, right now, I've been guilty since I've had the boys of not feeling comfortable in my own skin. So I think, okay, I'm going to go buy clothes and that'll make me happy. Then I'll feel better. In my this skin. will make me feel better. Yeah. I haven't done it actually, but the the thoughts have gone by through my head. Like I should just clear out my wardrobe and start again, because then I'll be happier with my body. But all your stuff is in there from the body that you had before you had boys. Yeah, no, it's it's just fine. It looks just fine. It's not gonna give me any different feeling because it's gonna like what am I gonna do? I get the same size now. It yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> It'll just be new. It'll have tags yeah, on it. Right? And it won't be in my closet. Yeah. Yes. The the idea of if I buy something, then I will dot, dot, dot. It's, it isn't, it's, I mean, that's the nature of our marketing in the United States yeah. for sure. Is like, you will be happy if you buy these Cheerios or these shoes or these pants Cheerios. or whatever. I don't know. You'll be, you'll have heart health if you eat Cheerios every yeah, day. Absolutely. You know that's how that works. I was reading too, I was doing some more research, and they said the happiest people, because she went on to say the happiest people weren't people that were big, little, you know, I mean, that didn't make anybody happy, the mm-hmm. size that they were. Mm-hmm. And then I, I Googled, and from Purdue University, they said that, and this, there was another study too, I just pulled the one from Purdue, that the $95,000 median income was the happiest that people were. Now, how Chris and I talked about it a little bit last night. Like, how do you really measure that? It's difficult to measure. But how many kids do they have at ninety five thousand? But that's but like, and where do you live? Like, right? I'm sorry, I wouldn't be happy with ninety five thousand dollars in Los Angeles. No, I'd be miserable. Yeah. And this is where it goes back to like our goal podcast. Like, what is your goals? What makes you happy? But it wouldn't be because 
I like didn't have this ginormous house, the reason I wouldn't be happy. Mm-hmm. The reason I wouldn't be happy is because I'd be like at a with my goals, it wouldn't fit the means of living in Los Angeles. Right. I would have like a crappy apartment. I would be like not being able to really go out, like things that fuel me, like I'm a social butterfly. I enjoy that. Yeah, like, for sure. Like that. So that's where Chris and I were like, well, how's that so measurable, you know? Because if you made $95,000 here, that's a good, that's a good living. You'd be fine. You live yeah. a great life, I would think. Yeah, for def- <laughs> definitely. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like have a nice house and have a, be able to go out to dinner once in a while. And- yeah, that 95K would definitely be based on wherever you live at. Um, the, the idea that a household income is the closest, not the closest decider, but that's a pretty easy way to figure out yeah. whether you have too little money and you have problems or you have too much money and you have problems. I was listening to somebody um, else talk about how money only amplifies your true thing. Absolutely. If you're unhappy and you have no money, you'll be unhappy when you have money. If you're an yeah. asshole and you have no money, you'll be an asshole when you have money. Didn't Tony Robinson say I can't remember. I was actually listening to Dave Ramsey talk about it. He didn't oh. claim to have any ownership on the thought or the uh, moniker of that. But it's so true. It's like, he's like, I know people that are jerks that are poor and I know people that are jerks that are millionaires. It's like that idea that money will make you happier. I will become a more giving person or less of an asshole if I have more money. It's just that money doesn't change. I mean, I think that's an interesting median to say that 95K is where people are the happiest. Then you don't have too many problems. You don't really have, you're not scraping the bottom of the barrel, but you don't have like major income problems like you would have, or you wouldn't feel, well, we have to keep up appearances or we have to, there's a lot less obligation at that 95,000 range too. So that's, it's an interesting concept. Excuse me. Well, I also think too with, like, I think it evolves, too, like, what makes you happy, you know, as you know more about yourself. But like yeah. I said, living in the... I lost my train of thought. I was I had a good thought, and now I lost it, so... Moving on. I just think, too, I think about people that, when we're younger, it's all materialistic, but the older that we get, the more... Like, I think about, you had all the grandmas, the grandmas in town, and then being around their grandchildren, like, that's more joy than they could ever experience from having the perfect pair of shoes when they were in their 20s. Like, Thank you. That's what I was going to Yeah, around in that... You got me. You I, me. I, I, I took you back. I just I saw some of the snaps that Chris had put out about his mom sitting with the boys, and it's yeah. just like, that kind of, like, I mean, that's years. That's years coming. That's from her becoming a mom, raising Chris, moving forward, you guys getting married, and now you having your own babies, and now she gets to come visit and see you guys. I mean... That's like a long-term goal to kind of get to that kind of happiness, but Absolutely. so worth it. I mean, the boys are fantastic, and it was such a it was a fun thing to see how much they enjoyed. And I saw the picture of you and your mom and the boys at church too, and you, yeah, you guys just so look so cute. cute. I just think about that kind of joy, like cultivating yeah. more opportunities for that kind of happiness. Well, that's, that's what I was going to go say, which you thank you for re-inspiring. <laughs> uh, some of my clients do very well for themselves, but I was talking with one the other day, and he said there was no greater thing in the world than giving his acreage to his son. I said um, he watched his grandson is two. Mm-hmm. He watched his grandson with his father, well, with his son. Mm-hmm on this tractor going around the acreage and he goes I remember us doing that mm-hmm. and all the money in the world can't take that time away from me you know but I do notice that a lot of the successful people 
or wealthy, quote unquote, people that we train or that we know all really just want time with family. I think that's a big Midwest trait, which yeah. I love. They're very modest, they're very humble. Um, and really what they do is they just work really hard so that they're able to have their family all together all the time. Yeah. Or yeah. be able to have the freedom to go hang with their own kids. Mm-hmm. And so the happiness lies with in themselves instead of things. They could care less what car they have or what, you know. Yeah, you kind of wish that the materialistic, quick, transactional yes. purchase could bring you the kind of happiness that cultivated mm-hmm. moments like that where you're around family or you had to work hard to get with your family. The holidays are always so happy yeah. for the same kind of reasons, depending on your family. Ha-ha! <laughs> but that same kind of quality time, yes. whatever. And everybody has a different love language, as we've talked about on the show before, too. If quality time is your love language, then that's even filling your cup up even more, but... As far as something that you want, it's almost like you want, and sometimes it can be an unrealistic version of what that family time looks like, too. If you think you're going to have this, like, picture-perfect Rockefeller kind of turkey dinner for Christmas, I mean, you need to adjust your expectations as well for some of that stuff, so. Just be happy today, too. Be happy in the moment. Like, there's so much to be grateful for, and then you exude that onto others to be grateful for, Mm -hmm. which is such a positive environment, instead of this need or a want for something to make you happy because that's just not going to happen yeah I think as you mature and your time lessens on this earth we don't know how long but if we were to live the average lifespan which is what 79 then you know I look at my grandma for instance her happiness is from like you said her kids Mm -hmm. playing tennis being able to still play tennis three Mm -hmm. times a week being able to go see a good show on Broadway Things like this, or music, some sort of music show. Yeah. Um, you know, having having coffee talk with her kids, or her, like all of yeah. this are moments. Nothing has like because she has now a Beamer Roadster. She doesn't, but like you know, whatever it is, because she has the finest tennis racket. <laughs> she doesn't care. That doesn't make her happy. You know, it's it's in that. So I think that it, as the older we get, we find to just be more in them, or hopefully most of us find more time to be more present and in the moment. I think when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're just like constantly racing because you feel like you only have so much time to get, get, get. So when I get there, then I'll be happy. Our best friend, he was very successful, and I remember him saying, I worked so hard, I gave up every single weekend. He was a car sales manager. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I had all this money, and I kept climbing, 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 and I got to the top, and I just took a big breath and said, this can't be it. And it's all true. that he was striving for, all that time he wasted, all the time my, my, our, his wife spent alone. Yeah. For what? Missing all your kids' crap and whatnot. Which, ironically, they couldn't have kids. And then the minute he quit that job, they moved. She got pregnant. And it's like, yeah, because they were happy. They moved to Maui. They got a little, like, cottage. <gasps> He's from there. And That's they're the just dream. so happy now. She's gardening all the time. So is he. They have vitamin D. You know, it's just... Full stock of vitamin D on board. (laughs) Yeah. You got like a Tacoma truck. Yeah. Yeah. Got rid of like the whatever. And it's, it's good to be successful. It's good to be like we talked about because that's the person that I want to be. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the money. It's the person I want to become at that, you know, echelon. Well, they can run parallel. Your pursuit of happiness can be different than your pursuit of success. But if you're trying to make this pursuit of success bring you happiness... You're probably going to get to the end and be a little bit disappointed. 
I try to with the boys try to embrace every moment moment because I know a lot of moms did say too, don't try to wish their life away. Like when we get here, then I'll be good. Or when oh, I that's excellent advice. It's excellent advice. That are like in the jungle. That just had we call it in the jungle. She's like three weeks old, and I'm like, it'll get better. I promise. You know, I look at that and I am thankful for the time that we're in. But I still don't know if my kids are gonna be up six times. Or, but that's okay. I thought about the other day when I got in the shower, I'm like, wow, like when they are able to sleep through the night, then what if when they're sick, like well, then they're going to be sick and then they're going to be, you know, you're just like, there's going to be a constant thought of caring. And it scares you when you think like that for a second, but then yeah. you just realize, just be happy in the moment. Yeah. Be happy that they're sleeping upstairs and you can shower today. <laughs> you're going to have clean pits. Yes. Um, the... It is such a catch twenty two when you're when you're the most needed and the most sleep deprived, is when you're not. I would hate to say the word resentful, but it seems like the least. It's you give all that love with the least amount of ease. Everything yes. feels like it's being taken from yeah. you. And when you kind of get your brain back at like six, eight, nine months, whatever, and you can kind of start to see your situation for what it is, and you want to be able to give all that to them, or you feel more willing to give it up then they don't need it as much because exactly. they start sleeping through the night and they're on eating their avocados or whatever the hell kids eat now. But cause it's been so long since I've had a six month old Jesus, but you know what I'm oh, saying? It's like you, but that time where they're so needy is when they're so tiny and they're so cute. And then that's why everybody gets baby fever. Cause you, you miss it when they're tiny because when they turn into two year old tyrants getting written up at daycare four times before noon, um, you you miss that kind of little innocence where they're immobile and they can sit there and but when you're there it's like god you need everything from yeah. me it's just and not in a resentful way it's just like you it can feel overwhelming it can feel like it's suffocating a little bit how much babies need you and maybe just bring your brain back to this question you know what did i think was going to make me happy that right day? and just be in the moment with what you do yeah. and if you're not happy then find inside what will make you happier because like we just said things will not weight will not i have been miserable at 10 pounds lighter i have been miserable at 20 pounds lighter. it wasn't that it was i love, i didn't love myself at any weight right right same with money i've been a lot i've had a lot more money i've had nothing i wasn't happier either way yeah the things that you think will make you happy Probably will not. Yeah. Pursuing direct happiness through self-care, through mm -hmm. internal work, I found a lot more happiness and a lot more self-satisfaction yeah. after that relationship, um, after I started working on some self-improvement stuff, figuring out what my shit was and what I needed to work true. on yeah. because the thought that I would be happy if and when I got married to this person that I thought was, you know, that it just... It never would have made it there. I would That's have I would have ended up ten times unhappier. And then you get this like pile of I got I'll do this and get happier. I'll get you build this unrealistic yes. pyramid. I think couples do that a lot, just in the you know, since I'm a couples therapist and all. But seeing what we're I a do, lot of therapist types on this show. <laughs> there's a lot that gets said in personal training. You honestly sometimes mm. do become a little bit of a therapist. Walls that get shed down, you know. And so I notice people will say, well, when we have kids, then we'll get happier. Or kids made us made unhappy. No, that's your fault. Mm -hmm. Chris and I are shocked about how many people don't do date night. 
like, why wouldn't you do that? Or day day, or day, like once a week. I was talking yeah, to a friend yesterday, and I said, he said, that's a good idea. We should do that. He said, just put it in your calendar. You own a business, so you got to figure that out. This is he did. You show up to work every day. Well, yeah, just figure it out, and don't don't put such high expectations on it. Right, like date night is not like us. everybody's perfectly groomed no. and we go out to steak and have wine no. and have like this deep conversation about our hopes that's and dreams. Not. Date night's like no kids, you stare at each other into each other's eyes, no yeah. phones. Like that's date night. You can do that at the Starbucks inside Target if you want to. Absolutely. We uh, sat outside last night and enjoyed the beautiful weather and had a glass of wine and I think our bill was 12 bucks and off we went and we were very happy. We got some alone time with each other. We were home by, yeah. I think we are out an hour. It was great. The boys were sleeping when we got home, so it was a nice little like, nice. break, you know? Like, Wednesdays we get a little break. It's like, just know for you what makes us makes you happy, and that makes us happy. It's great. So. It's great, it's great. And that's all I got for you guys today. That's all okay, we got. fine. That's all we have, okay? okay fine. We can't give you anything else. <laughs> Hopefully we have a couple more weeks before we little baby Yes. Oh, yes. We'll have a few more episodes. I am... Um, Follow up for my next topic. I am reading the book by Gretchen Rubin, like I talked about yeah. last week. I'm reading her whole book on Better Than Before is the name of the book. And the concept that we talked about is like her main concept. But she's got little things in there, little nuggets in there about habit formation. And nice. I am, I'm excited to bring it because for people whose brain works like mine, it will... Um, You'll, even though it's like the most obvious thing right in front of your face, if somebody spells it out for yeah. you in a way that she's been doing, I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. So, yeah, yeah. We'll look into that. I can't wait. Have a good week, guys. Okay, bye.